previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. So I performed in front of 7 million people. We figured it out because wow. of, over wow. the years of your attendance, you know, it was covered up. But they said, you didn't talk when you were in that costume. He said, oh, I talked all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if the girl was cute enough. Exactly. You're like, this ain't freaking Disney World. I can talk. <laughs> Welcome back to the Light Littles Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Littles. Hey, Ritz. Hey, Ritz. Welcome, Welcome back. to Super Bowl episode. I don't even know what episode this is. 207, I think. Sure. Super Bowl episode. We're really you, have to do it in, you have to do it in Roman numerals, though. Oh, right. Oh, shoot. <laughs> 200. Oh, crap. I, oh, I don't no know what way. that is. <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? No. <laughs> CCVII. No. Oh, okay. Oh, look at that. Perfect. He had that waiting. He I did. know. No, he I think didn't. So. He didn't. We know he didn't. <laughs> no, I just pulled that out. I know. I'm sure you did. Now, <laughs> you wait a minute. You don't count in Roman numerals? Come on. <laughs> well, not off. I mean, I can. I could do seven. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> off the top of my head. So Littles, we're very excited. Super Bowl Sunday is upon us. Our Super Bowl episode. Should we just get this out of the way? Let's rip the Band-Aid off. Ritz, who you got? I am going. I'm leaning to Kansas City. Uh-huh. I think it's going to be a close game. Okay. I think it's going to be a higher scoring game than people are anticipating. And I think it's going to be my prediction boldly is that it's going to kind of be a lot of scoring in the second half ah. going out on a limb 34, 31 Whoa. Kansas city. He's giving us a score. Whoa. Wow. So, all right. So he's taking the points because mm-hmm. Kansas city is not favored. Yeah. But I like your idea of it being a close game Yeah, and going back and forth. I think that's like what I'm hoping for. Okay. So, so. what do you got? Who are you picking? I mean, I was going to go with Kansas City because I like Mahomes. I like how he's looking and the team's looking, but could go either way. Wow, Roxy's giving us analysis here. I wasn't expecting that. All right. Whoa. Like Deep that. dive. I like it. All right. So I'm going the same way, guys. It's a, it's a sweep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, the only reason I've heard all this stuff, I mean, look, I might look like an idiot too, but the people that Philly had to play to get here, yeah. I just don't buy it. Yeah. You know, and they play in the, what they call the NFC least, which mm-hmm. was not as bad this year. Right. Okay. They're normally mm-hmm. a terrible division lately. And they weren't this year, but still, I just, uh, especially you're giving me points mm-hmm. with Mahomes, taking mm-hmm. it. And I also just didn't want Tiny Chuck to like hate me for the rest <laughs> of my life. So that's where we're going. And of course, now he's going to say I'm the jinx Maybe. if they lose. Right, Maybe. exactly. Now, most importantly, let's not forget about this little ditty. All right, Dan, what do you okay. got? <laughs> what do I got? Yeah. Give me, let's see, 34 to 28. Okay. Chief Silver Eagle. Now, remember, Littles, that was from like three weeks ago. Yeah. That was a Friday Five uh-huh. from like three weeks ago. Yep. And they asked us who we liked with all the teams that were remaining. I forget. Were we down to the final? I think it was before the final four. Mm-hmm. And he picked that. Mm-hmm. So, and he even gave us. So, we'll see. This is going to be good. Now, Hopefully. As I, that was a Friday Five. Stay tuned because we have another great Friday Five Super Bowl themed for later in the podcast. Yes. So, but let's get to some of these emails. Chris Davenport, episode 65. This is going back from Tom Mosser's interview, Mm -hmm. and it says, Tom, great Loyal Littles Pod interview. I actually live about a block from the Mascot Hall of Fame Museum. Yes, that's an actual thing. A few years back, I got to meet the original Philly fanatic, David Raymond, there. Oh, wow. How cool is that? Nice. Now, I wonder... Where does he live? I want to find this museum. uh, I think it's in Indiana, Indiana, I believe. I forgot. But no, I mean, do people go up to Tom and be like, hey, I got to meet the... Well, he probably was he the original parrot. I don't, you would know that you're a Pirates fan. When did the parrot come into play? Yeah, you know, that's a really good question. I don't think he was the original, but 
we'll have to defer to Tom on that. In fact, I'm pretty sure he was not because back in the 70s, there was all these rumors and implications when there was a whole drug scandal involving the Pittsburgh Pirates, I guess, late 70s, early 80s, that the pirate parrot was implicated in some of that nonsense. Oh. Believe it or not. All right, let's, let's get away drugs. from that, just in case it was exactly. Tom. <laughs> no, it was not Tom, I can assure okay. you that. Now, the thing I love about these emails today is there is no rhyme to reason. They are all over the place, yep. Littles. Okay? okay, so we have Kevin Murphy, episode TBD. He just writes, every day, Listerine gargle, paste on dry electric toothbrush, apply to teeth, Full mouth, then wet and rinse with water. Repeat full mouth brushing. Final rinse with water. Feels great and looks good to me. <laughs> I don't know who Kevin Murphy that's, is, that's but we need to meet Listerine him. That's first. That's yeah. good oral hygiene. That is good oral hygiene. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Bill Pitcher, episode 58. Even more surprising than hearing my organ jingle on the pod is hearing my surprise about my organ jingle on the pod on your pod. <laughs> and then he put in parentheses, get all that? <laughs> Oh, and I also want a quick shout out, Bill. Congratulations on your first Waffle House experience. <gasps> you uh, did it. Congratulations. Maybe we, maybe we should do a five mediocre minutes and get his review yeah. and how all that went. How did he take his hash browns? Yeah, exactly. That's yes. right. He posted a picture about that saying, hey, I'm about to have my first experience. Oh, so, my gosh. So. All right. Lee Gordon, episode 80. Not to pile more work onto Tom's plate, but when you guys were talking about other things besides a tennis ball to go in a similar painting, you missed a great opportunity. How about a picture of Chessie admiring a painting of a stack of five well-chewed Frisbees? Mm. I imagine a limited edition print of that might sell like hotcakes, mm -hmm. perhaps a portions of the proceedings going to Rocco's Warriors. Interesting. Yeah, very I like idea. that idea, Lee. Yeah. And here's another random. I love these. Joe Ippolito, episode 193. So here's a bury the lead. I realized from hearing your podcast that I have inadvertently shopped at Aaron's Books. Not the site, the store. No way. So he's actually been in... In person. Yes. In real life, IRL. Right? I Love mean, that. Yeah. All right, Roxy, you got the next one, right? Yeah, we heard from Tim Cree, episode 107. We binged MASH during COVID-19, and I started binging it again a couple weeks ago. A lot of the sexism is problematic now, but by the third season, they started toning it down. If there was the Mount Rushmore for worst food ideas ever, Marshmallow Peep Soda, it might take three of the four spots. Oh, <laughs> that's a very strong feeling. I have not seen it anywhere. I've been looking. Yeah. Because yeah. like, I feel like being one of the only Pepsi fans, I'm I need to try I'm definitely trying it. it. Absolutely. Okay. Speaking of Pepsi, we heard from Brad Phillips, episode 184. Finally, another Pepsi person. And he says he wasn't asked. Oh. And I didn't think we don't ask everyone that. Yeah, we that. don't. Mm -mm. And he says, oh, and I met Aaron Sorkin. Cool dude. Last but not least, it was great being able to watch the Pens beat the Caps in Game 7 in person in the 2017 playoffs. Cool. People are jumping on the Pepsi bandwagon. Yeah, truck. right. They're welcome. There's plenty of room. That's all I'm going <laughs> to say. Speaking of, we heard from Tyler Brain, episode 205. Hey, Chuck and Roxy, I got hoodwinked into drinking Coke today at lunch. As always, I went to Whataburger for Whataburger Wednesday, and I try to say that fast. Whataburger Wednesday, Whataburger Wednesday, Whataburger Wednesday, Whataburger Wednesday. All right, show off. And it says, and I was given a regular old Coca-Cola instead of the Dr. Pepper I ordered with the meal. Ooh. 
My Wednesday is completely off the rails now. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> and then I just think this is very funny, too. Talk about out of nowhere. Bobby Gottfried, episode 12. We have a radio in our office that's always tuned in to the local station. I rarely pay attention to it. It's just background noise. I have no idea what led to this conversation, but there's a caller on with the morning host now talking about Oneonta and cold cheese pizza and explaining the concept to him. <laughs> See, we're not the only ones here at the Loyal Littles podcast. Wow. All right, Rich, you got the next one, right? Yes, from David Patton. Call me Dave, episode 69. Hi, guys. This Get Off My Lawn segment is brought to you by your father's Oldsmobile. <laughs> One, it's pronounced Mr. Algo Rhythm. And B, can we add the bad news bears to the fun, dumb question about which kids you want to hang out with? You know, for us old people or the little rascals for the really old people. It's <laughs> a good point. It's not a bad Roman point. numeral three, Aye. Roxy, never tell us what grinds your gears because as littles, we are obligated to do that as often as possible. Yeah, I kind of figured. <laughs> nice. All right. Then we heard from Chris Beaver, episode TBD. Dear Chuck and Roxy, thanks to Howie, episode 199, I am now a loyal listener oh. to your podcast. That's awesome. Welcome. Welcome, Chris. When are we meeting you? Yeah. Howie and I would text each other anytime we got an email read either on your podcast or on the big show. And so I was excited to hear him on the pod. I'm so glad you all took the time to interview Howie. I love the episode and every episode following. So thanks to Howie for getting me hooked. Sincerely, Chris from Durham, North Carolina, the official nuclear pharmacist of the Tony Kornheiser show. P.S. Eat it, Howie. Whoa. Yeah, we got to get you on. Absolutely. Whenever you're ready. <laughs> yep. All right, what's next, Roxy? All right. Oh, is this the one? This is the one. Oh, okay. Here we go, Little. Hold on to your hats. Actually, it's not as long as it normally is. Oh, no, we have someone else that <laughs> took over that. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Dear Choxy, as my quest to listen to the entire history of this podcast rolls on, I made it up to episode 120. The topic of theme song is interesting, and you mentioned you had a lot of folks write in, and I'm curious what other songs were offered up. I'm partial to songs with the keyboards like Airwolf, but man, that Knight Rider theme kicks butt. On the other end of the spectrum is the Rolling Thunder theme song of the A-Team. This could be WWE walk-up music. Oh, absolutely. And that riff on the Magnum P.I. song is on point. Miami Vice, another classic. I haven't set the Super Bowl menu yet, and I'm curious what folks like Oz would recommend. I'm thinking barbecue chicken nachos, though, as a must-have. Maybe shrimp kebabs? Not sure here. Brandon Borzette, oops, episode 178. <laughs> That's right. He just wants to be episode 178. <laughs> no more cracker up. The artist formerly known as Brandon yes, Borzelli. Yes, exactly. 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 All right, Ritz, what's next? You have one from Don Hammock, right? Episode 68. I think we had episode 69 a moment ago. We did. All right. Here are a couple of Stanley Cup facts that you may find interesting. The first having to do with your squeamishness about using the trophy as a baptismal font. One. Sorry, In the gross. summer, after the team parade and celebrations are over, each player gets the cup for a day. Usually they bring it to their hometown where they get to have public and private time with it. That's where stuff like the baptism takes place. There are a couple of cup attendants who protect, transport, and care for it, so it's always in pristine condition. I'd feel better drinking out of it than a glass in a restaurant. All right, let's pause there. I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on. I've seen the videos. <laughs> With the beer and... Well, that goes into, he continues, item B, 
Now, what may be shocking to some, there's more than one cup. In wow. fact, there are three. There's the original, the presentation cup, and another copy that's on display in Toronto in the Hall of Fame when the presentation is out on display. And then it continues, bonus three, some of the favorite places the cup has wound up before, during, and after celebrating, the gutter as a flower pot in a photographer's studio, in the bottom of the pool, and dented at the house of a member of the band Pantera. Nice. Go figure. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah. That's great. I, all right. Fun I facts. would want to make sure it's the pristine one. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess. All right. And then last one, we're going to end with this before our great Meet the Littles guest, Jamie Armada, episode 153. Hi, Roxy and Chuck. Not to correct episode 178, oh. but BK Broilers were indeed the same size and pre-cooked weight as a Whopper patty. Oh. In the fall of 1995, the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee told a young master, Jamie, that he needed to take a semester off and think about what he wanted to do with his life. <laughs> I took a gig on the closing crew of a Burger King with a buddy of mine. Our BK was open until midnight, Sunday through Thursday, and until 4 a.m. Friday and Saturday nights. This provided the three of us who made up the usual closing crew plenty of time to partake in our primary hobby, marijuana. <laughs> we would work on what we called the Burger King Test Kitchen, creating the most bananas creations you could come up with. Our favorite concoction was the BK Broiler Patty, a Whopper Patty, American Cheese, Pickles, Bacon, Barbecue Sauce, and an onion ring on a Whopper bun. Nice. It was delightful. We would also sell them off book to some of our ludicrous late night drive through regulars. <laughs> it was a great time. What did they charge? Though, yeah, right. Though I'm glad I went back to college. Not to pull a 178, but back to the TV talk from a few episodes ago for a minute, New Girl was a pretty solid show. But you know how when someone says they think they could do a sports talk show and Mr. Tony says, yeah, what's your Thursday show? That's how I feel about the title of New Girl. It ran for like seven seasons. Jess, the main character, was no longer the new girl by like episode 10. Mm. After that, she was just quirky girl or girl roommate. The same goes for that goofy Kiefer Sutherland show, Designated Survivor. Literally 10 minutes into the plot. Spoiler, he was no longer the designated survivor and just president. <laughs> and it ran for three seasons. I'm just saying, come on, high concept TV guys. What's your Thursday show? Whenever you need me to schedule five absolute crap minutes to discuss how Balky from Perfect Strangers is actually Hans Gruber's cousin in Chicago seeking revenge on Sergeant Al Pal slash Carl Winslow. Let me know. I'm free. I'm sure you're shocked. That's hilarious. Jamie Armada, episode 153. That's a great email. That's great. All right, you two. Well, we've got the Super Bowl picks out of the way. Yep. So let's get to our great Meet the Littles guest. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. Hi, this is episode 69, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. And if you think the TK show stinks, wait till you hear this. Here's Chuck and Roxy. being played in this episode by Jordan Rozowski and this song is called Southern Bell. 
Now, the best place to find all his stuff is just on his website, jordanraz.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N-R-A-Z.com. You can also find all his stuff on YouTube, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, all those places. Just search Jordan Razowski. And if you want to give him a follow over on Twitter and Instagram, you can find him at Razowski Jordan. That's R-A-Z-O-W-S-K-Y-J-O-R-D-A-N. And as always, we'll play the full song, Southern Bell, at the end of the podcast. All right, all you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles. And Roxy. Chuck. I love this one because we literally don't know much of anything. Love it. Which is great. Filled out the form, though, so yep. that's great. Okay. So we got a head start. Please welcome to the podcast, Seth Shainer. Hey, Seth, how's it going? Great. How are you guys doing? We're fantastic. Mm-hmm. I know you've just you've listened to some episodes. You're a new listener, so we love that. But what we do is we turn it right over to you. Introduce yourself to all the loyal littles out there. Tell us a little something about yourself. Well, I am a return to journalism sports writer in Columbus, Ohio. Actually, I live in New Albany, Ohio, which it was funny the other day you had not that Rob Schneider on, I heard. And the funny thing is that Rob Schneider used to live in New Albany. If he doesn't still, a buddy of mine ran into him at a Kohl's department store a few years ago. It was pretty funny. Nice. Wow. Small world. (laughs) All right. So where did you grow up, though? Did you grow up in Columbus? Grew up in southeast Ohio. It's very rural down there. It's actually the only county in Ohio without a four-lane highway. So very, very rural. The northern tip of Appalachia. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, I know Ohio pretty well, but you're right. That's one section that I'm not super familiar with. I hesitate to say this to Rock. I dated someone that lived out there, and I went (laughs) once. Of course you did. (laughs) I went once. What, were you like Lewis and Clark heading out to the West? Uh, I don't remember, to be honest. I remember, I, it's a long story. We won't get into this. This is your interview. And I would probably get, I don't think I'd get in any trouble here, but it was a long time ago. But I do remember that area, like going out there, like, where are we? Yeah. Like, this is crazy because you might not know this. You know, we do Broadway shows. And when I started touring way back when, oh, this is, a, I'm applauding Ohio. They are one of the highest subscription rates in the country yeah. for Broadway Absolutely. series mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and especially the non-union. Yep. So uh, the big cities are obviously Cincinnati, Columbus, Dayton. Well, now Dayton, Cleveland, obviously, and Toledo a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then there's all these other small Lima and I'm trying to think, uh, there's a bunch of other ones that I just, it's amazing to me. And you might only be there for one or two nights. Yep. But they bring right. you in, and it's fantastic. Yeah, it's a great it's, theater scene. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of theater in Ohio, which is great. Yep. There is, there is. And certainly Columbus now is funny because when I was a kid, Cleveland and Cincinnati were the biggest cities. And if, if you think of sports franchises, they had the big ones, obviously. Yeah. And now, though, Columbus itself, not counting the suburbs and the area outside, Columbus is bigger than Cleveland and Cincinnati put together. Wow. wow. I didn't know that. So it's actually, I think, the second biggest city in the Midwest behind only Chicago now. It's growing very quickly, and we're going to be paying for that with inability to get around town on the roads because (laughs) the infrastructure will not be kept up as far as it needs to be, but it is definitely growing. Right. Wow. And that's interesting because I always, I kind of respected Ohio for that because they spread out their teams. Does that make (laughs) sense? Yes. You know, like there's no Cleveland or Cincinnati hockey team. That's Columbus. Right. And right, then right. Th- there's no baseball or NBA in Columbus. You know, that's in Cleveland. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, I don't know, it's spread out a little bit, which is nice. It is, it is. And you end up being, they call it like, I'm a, we'll get into it, I'm sure, later. But like the Cincinnati Reds can't just depend on the city of Cincinnati. 
and it's much like St. Louis and other places like that. They, they have to rely on the region, right? Yeah. So they yep. call it Red's Country, and there's people all the way. I mean, even in the 40s and 50s, people would take a, a train from Huntington, West Virginia, over to Cincinnati on a Sunday morning to see a doubleheader. I mean, it's sure. definitely a huge region. It, it takes about two hours for me to drive to Cincinnati for a game, but we do that quite often. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's kind of a normal part of our lives here. Yeah. Nice. Now, you said you're in New Albany right now? That's right. So, fun fact about Roxy, I have cousins who live in New Albany, and their last name is Little. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I forgot about that, yeah. actually. That's with the white picket fence, right? Yeah. Right. Someone, well, yeah, Les Wexner, the Limited and Express, and all those different store chains, he lives here, too. And so, uh-huh. the, the white picket fences are a Les Wexner institution. Nice. Gotcha. Nice. Now, we've actually interviewed quite a few people from up there. Yep. You're going to have to go back and listen to their interviews. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling you might have even attended a Summer of Littles with them. But let's yes. get back to that. Let's find out, where did you go to college and all that stuff? We know you're a sports writer now? I was a sports writer for over a dozen years, and then the industry kind of shifted a little bit, and I ended up working in consulting in some other areas. I actually spent a year and a half working at a school here locally and, and helping out my kids there and things like that. But I am back into journalism. I went to Ohio State. I grew up here. My dad actually went to Ohio State and worked for the school, so I got half tuition, so that was a bonus. Mm-hmm. And went there, and along the way, I was working in an office, and I worked in, in the mailroom there on campus during the summer. And a, a guy and myself, we would go around and deliver mail, just campus mail, and U.S. mail to different offices around the campus. And we would listen at the time to Jim Rome. And I know back in the day, uh, Tony had some really fun times uh, ripping off some of the things Jim Rome was doing. Mm-hmm. But as I said in an email I wrote to you, I think I grew up around the time I was a senior in college. And I finally just shifted over and, and I started listening to Tony on his ESPN show back then. Mm. Now, you bring up Jim Rohn, which is interesting, because I actually used to watch him. Yes. Uh, his 3.30 show right before... Absolutely. Or 4.30, right? Yeah, because he was on right before... Around, uh, the around the Horn. Wow, Roxy, right. coming in with the Around go. the Horn knowledge. Nice. And then, of course, BTI. So there were some things I liked and some things I didn't like. I don't even know how to explain it, but I did like... It depended on who the guest was. It just reminded me of the PTI format when they have five good minutes mm-hmm. mm-hmm. kind of thing. And... I no, some of his takes were okay. I didn't even know who he was, to be honest, until that show. Right. And well, and he had had he had had a run. He was on the original ESPN two. ESPN two launched as being in the mid nineties, being a little more edgy than ESPN, and he, and he got one of the shows there. And he's famous for his. He called Jim Everett Chris Everett, and uh, they staged, I think, a uh, bit of a beef where the, Jim Everett flipped over the table <laughs> and charged after him. But he had his radio show, and that, that was his anchor, and still is probably. But the thing with that was, if you listen for one solid year in a row as often as you could, or with the time you had, then basically you'd heard it. It was very repetitive the next time around. It was, mm. it was kind of, I, I wouldn't call it shtick, but it was kind of the same thing. And I'd like to think that I matured a little bit into enjoying Mr. Tony a little more than I did. Because at the time, they were on at the same time slot. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. Gotcha. Now, forgive me. Did you say what your major was in college? Was it journalism? Yeah, I was a broadcast journalism major. And the funny thing is, Ohio State goes back and forth with being the largest attended university in the country, a university of Texas. And then even, as Tony recently pointed out, Central Florida, Mm. because they have so many commuters, Mm -hmm. is a large school as well. But we were the largest university in the country when I was there back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And yet by the time my junior year rolled around, they got rid of the broadcast department completely. And I had to take all of my broadcast classes in my junior year. 
And then that left my senior year kind of wide open. And it was a, it was an interesting time to be sure. I used that to go on to actually write for the paper, though, and did that for, like I said, 12 years here in town of local suburban news. We had 22 weekly newspapers around the suburbs of Columbus and went from there. Wow. So it sounds like you knew from early on that you wanted to go into this. Oh, absolutely. And the funny thing now is, as I've started to raise children with my wife and things like that, I basically got out of the business as a way to help take care of my kids. Mm -hmm. Mm. Because what I realized was, if you want to do the things that I originally wanted to do, you're going to be away from home so much. Or even like the interviews to go talk to Ohio State's football team on a Thursday is going to take place during dinner time, during the time your kids play in Little League, Mm. you know, all these different things. And so I kind of took a step back away from it. And it's not like I'm diving completely back into it now, but it's just that nice niche of I'm telling stories. Our, Our publication now is called the Clintonville Spotlight and the Worthington Spotlight, two different monthly publications And if you're familiar with Columbus, you would know Clintonville and Worthington are right next to each other, little kind of suburbs on the northern part of the city. And we just, I I tell a lot of feature stories. It's all good news mostly. It's what I want to do and trudging through all the muck of the things that normally you'd have to do if you wanted to do this for a living and kind of returning back to what I enjoyed the most when I was a full-time sports writer. Right. Now, would you say the internet makes it I'm assuming it makes it easier for you, but is it better for you? Because now you can probably do a lot of things remotely, but you brought up a good point about having to go to interview like the players and stuff. Sure. Um, The internet makes it easier in one fact because part of what I'm doing is sports related and it's high school sports. And then the time since I became a sports writer back in like the early 2000s, you, I mean, high school sports had nothing on the internet. You couldn't find rosters. You couldn't find statistics. You might not even be able to find a schedule without calling the school. So that's grown quite a bit, but it's still not like, hey, if you have a favorite Major League Baseball team, you can just look up online and see the most updated stats, right? I mean, it's not quite like that. And then I suppose with the pandemic, Zoom calls or or things like that took place a lot easier over the internet. A lot of what I do is phone-based. This past month, I wrote, I think, seven stories, and only two of them involved a sit-down interview. Mm. So I did a lot of phone conversations and things like that. So Mm. it's still gets back to being on the phone and being able to do that and get the most use of your time that way. Sure. Wow, that's incredible to think about. You bring up the statistics and rosters and things like that because it's like I play in softball leagues now, recreational okay. softball leagues that keep stats yeah. online. <laughs> yeah. And yep. it's the dumbest thing ever because <laughs> obviously there's no official score. I've even argued this fact, okay, if we're going to do this, then if there's a questionable call or something like that, we need to let the umpire rule it. Meaning, like, is it a hit or an error type thing? Sure. Right. Because, you know, the offensive team is going to be like, oh, no, no, that's not an error. That's a hit. You know, they want to pad their batting, <laughs> yep. you know, averages. Absolutely. Where the other team's like, no, 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 that's not it. Come on. He should have had that. It's the silliest thing. It just cracks me up. But you're right. With the internet now and they can just do these things, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of crazy. And you know? then I no started doubt. keeping score at the games quite a yeah. few years ago. And so even still, that's an element to my scoring that I'm still like, Hey, Chuck, what would you rule this? You know, <laughs> sure, be sure. fair. You know, this is your guy here. I know. Do yeah. they well, deserve the hit or was it an error? <laughs> right. Yeah. And when, when I was actually going to games as a kid or even watching on TV or listening on the radio, they just announced the official score deemed mm-hmm. that a hit, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when I was at Ohio State, we called Ohio State baseball games on the radio for the student radio station. And they would end up Basically, the the media relations guy was the official scorer de facto, and we would be calling the game, and we would see a play develop, and then we would look up at him, 
And all of a sudden, his thumb would go up or his thumb would go down. And thumb up minute was a hit, and thumb down minute was an error. That's and that was as official as it got. Wow. That's great. See, we need that. We do. We don't have that. No. And there so you people go. Are just well, you need a PR guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Could you imagine, Roxy? In Central Park, PR guy at every amateur Softball. recreational softball game. Real quick, before we take a quick break, go into your fandom real quick. I'm assuming it's Ohio. Maybe not, though. Oh, absolutely. You know, one of my first loves was actually Ohio State basketball because my dad was such a basketball fan. But then Ohio State football certainly consumed me as a child and even as an adult. And then for me, it's the Reds, the Cincinnati Reds, as I already kind of talked about a little bit, I think, but the Cincinnati Bengals as well. And my first memory of the Bengals, which they've had a very tough go of it throughout their history, having matched the number of playoff wins in the last two years that they'd had in the previous 53. (laughs) But as a kid, 1988, a lot of my friends were Browns fans. You mentioned how it's spread out. Well, I'm three hours from Cincinnati and three hours from Cleveland where I grew up. It's about the same. And actually, yep. it's about the same to Pittsburgh as well. And, mm. you know, a lot of my friends were Browns fans. And my grandpa had gone to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, with some friends. And he brings me back a Bengals pennant. And I'm like, I don't know if I like the Bengals, Grandpa. And then within a month, though, after that, the season starts. The 1988 Bengals go 6-0 and to start the season, and I was hooked. Yeah. That's the and Icky so, Shuffle, right? Is that that's that year? That's Icky Shuffle. Yeah. It's the, you know, Boomer Esiason won the MVP. He was the quarterback of that team. And they made the Super Bowl, and, and they lost to the 49ers oh, yeah. for the second time in that decade. Yeah. They lost them in, in Super Bowl 16 and 23. But the funny thing was, years later— Joe Montana comes to Columbus, and I did this with Joe Montana and Joe Namath and actually Cal Ripken. I got to interview all three of them at different times because oh, wow. they were selling something. You know, they were repping, I think Joe Namath was repping a, an arthritis drug, you know, something like that. And the pharmaceutical company would send them around to make them available to the media. I don't remember what Joe Montana was repping, but I got to go from um, work lunch there that we had here in Columbus with my colleagues and I had to leave early. I said, I got to go, guys. I need to go interview Joe Montana. And I went over across town, and he was at an embassy suites. And I just went up to his embassy suites hotel room, and I sit down with him with a PR guy just sitting at the bed, basically. And I'm at a little table, and I interview him. I said, well, first off, I want to tell you, you broke a little nine-year-old's heart in Super Bowl twenty-three <laughs> when you beat them. And I was trying to break the ice a little bit, thinking like, oh, he'll say, oh, I'm sorry about that or something like that. And he looks me dead in the eye and he says, good. What? Okay. All right. Hold hold everything. I'm sorry. Roxy, I'm hitting it. I'm hitting it. I'm hitting the button. This Barry the Lead moment is brought to you by... Fog-free eyewear. Fog-free eyewear. For all your fog-free eyewear needs, go to fogfreeeyewear.com. I'm sorry. Littles, this was not on the form. Okay? And we need to take a break. We'll be right back with... Meet the Littles. This is the Loyal Littles Podcast with Chuck and Roxy. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And it's been a while, Roxy. It's been a while. Now, I normally don't do it because it was in the first chunk, Uh as we say, first Mm -hmm. part, whatever you want to call it. But it was at the end, and it wasn't on the floor. Now, hold on. Let's back up a second. I need to take a breath. I, we didn't even take a break. I was just like, we're coming right back because I don't. this is all fresh. That was Joe Montana that ruined your Joe life, Montana. and yes. he said good. He, oh, he, and he didn't just say good. He had a smirk, and he, he looked me dead in the eye, and he said good. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Now, wait. Who are the other ones? Joe Namath? 
Uh, yeah, I got to sit down with Joe Namath. Actually, that was when I was in college, and I was an intern at the local sports radio station. And they would send interns to do these things that most people didn't want. But this time, I got to go sit down. And actually, I was supposed to go play golf with my roommate. And so I brought him with me. And we go into this room. It was actually at a pharmaceutical company here in town. And, and we just sit down with Joe Namath. And they had food. They had all kinds of stuff. And here I am, a college kid. And I remember Joe Namath said he felt so good taking this arthritis medication that he could go start for the Buckeyes right then because, of course, he was in Columbus. So he <laughs> right. would uh, make a gesture toward the local the yeah. local team. But uh, it was pretty funny to be able to sit down with that guy, too. Wow. <laughs> All right. And who was the other one? I forget already. Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken. Oh, my God. Tiny Chuck's going to lose it here. <laughs> I did a phone interview with Cal Ripken ahead of his trip here to Columbus. And it was a speaking engagement. And my the media company that owned my newspaper sponsored his trip to Columbus or the event that, that was going on. And so I did my phone interview with them for about an hour, actually. That gave mm, me a lot of time. Wow. And we talked quite a bit. But then the day of, the sponsors of the event got to go in and meet with Cal and get a picture taken with him. So yeah, I, I shook his hand and we stood there and talked. And he said he remembered talking to me on the phone, but I'm sure he did probably 100 <laughs> interviews that day. So yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I mean, I'm just throwing this out there for future reference. If you ever go on a nothing podcast and you need something, to, I mean, that's gold. <laughs> no, I'm going to read this. Okay. This is what he puts on the form. He has a question. Did the Bengals get hosed? Okay. We'll, we could talk about that. Are comparisons between Burrow and Brady warranted? Okay. Th that's great stuff. I'm not saying that that was bad, but I'm just saying for future reference, if you sat down <laughs> with Joe freaking Montana, Jolton Joe Montana, as I had to hear in high school, and Joe freaking Namath and Cal Ripken. I mean, those are things you're going to want to lead with, I think. I'm just saying. All right. Future well, you'd already told me we could do the interviews, so I guess I didn't feel I needed to impress you. Uh, anymore, but okay. Yeah, but you're trying to impress the other littles, aren't you? I mean, I mean, no, that's, that's what true. I, I feel like I that's what some people take this as, which is I silly. Suppose, yes. We, I mean, if we are littles, maybe that's a brush with some bigs in some way, I guess. I, I mean, I think this is up there with playing poker at, at Michael, Michael Jordan's, Jordan's house. house. Like, I think this is like right up there with that. Go like, ahead and find that even, interview. Yeah. I mean. That's so cool. Now, the thing is, I mean, there's got to be some sports writers out there that, you know, how Tony's. Now, you can't do it to Tony because we know Tony's pretty much interviewed everyone. Oh, sure, sure. But there's got to be people out there, like even people he's had on the podcast that you can say, eat it. Yeah. I mean, you've gotten to sit down with Joe. That's amazing. That's I, awesome. I love it. Anyway. That's awesome. All right. Real quick, because we don't want to beat a dead horse here, of course. But you did have, did the Bengals get hosed? Okay. Now, we also, now, Tiny Chuck, we talked about it a couple episodes ago, a little bit. We just briefly mm -hmm. touched upon it. I'm guessing you did, you weren't in favor of the refs. You know what? The funny thing about it is that was, obviously was Championship Sunday. And earlier that morning, I had seen a, a very respected high school basketball coach here in town. He made a post on Twitter to talk about how we should appreciate referees, and especially at the high school level and the youth levels, that they get a lot of blame obviously yeah. yep. and it's kind of a thankless job and, and they get paid a little bit but not much and certainly a team can make a play to try to overcome maybe a bad call and and I, I had responded to him and I said because he had had two nights earlier that's caught on video a play where it's a tie ball game and they called a foul on what appeared to be a clean block on video and it was the difference in the ball game and so for this coach to post that it was against their arch rival He's been coaching there since the uh, the late 80s, I believe, and, and he's a legendary coach here in town. For him to post that was very magnanimous of him, very graceful in my opinion. And so I kind of chimed in and said, I appreciate you saying that, especially after what happened Friday. Well, fast forward a few hours to that night, and 
you know what? That helped me fail to blame the officials for that game. Mm-hmm. Certainly the Bengals had a chance to win. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm not even talking necessarily about the hit out of bounds. Mahomes was definitely out of bounds when he got hit. But they gave the team a do-over yeah. you know, right. earlier in the game. And I heard somebody say, well, the Bengals still had a chance to win. But I, I actually, with my mom and stepdad here and my wife and my son, and I actually watched the clock after they gave them that do-over. And, yes, they ended up having to punt. But that was a minute 30 mm. that went off the clock. Think about that extra minute 30 yeah. what mm-hmm. been done. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, Mahomes won in 13 seconds last year against Buffalo. Yeah. So right. to say it didn't make that big a difference, it did. But at the end of the day, because of actually what I'd already been through that weekend and seen mm-hmm. and yeah. my own thoughts on the matter, I, I do believe a team needs to make their own luck and make oh, their yeah. own luck. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, you that. have to take care of business earlier mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, sure. there's sure. all there's so many play unless you play a perfect game. You know, like going back to the getting off the the football, the basketball. You know, mm-hmm. if that team didn't make any turnovers the entire game, played a clean game, hit every shot, mm-hmm. then maybe you could have an argument that sure. one call screwed right. them. But I mean, there had to have been other opportunities where mm-hmm. you blew it, you know, and you didn't take advantage or whatever. So no, that's Absolutely. fair. And you put it on the form, so I wanted to give you your say. You know, Appreciate and, I mean, <laughs> look, we have a lot of Bengals fans on the podcast, mm-hmm. so oh, that's great. We understand. We understand. But the other thing, real quick, because we have to get to our fun dumb questions, I wanted to give you a chance. It said uh, you also had non-sports items. Really, you said you tried to write a book, and, and Tony's <laughs> in it. Okay. Yes, he is. So the pandemic happens, as we all know, and we all went through it, and we all had our things that we had to deal with. And one of mine that is maybe a little trivial. But it's a serious one. Since 1995, pretty much every year, well, I've gone every year. My grandfather's been with me. We've gone to Reds opening day, Cincinnati Reds baseball, Mm -hmm. first Major League Baseball team, 150-plus years in existence. And since 1995, I've been to every opening day, except for the pandemic ones. And it's a tradition with my grandfather. He's 87 now. We've brought in my oldest son, who has gone to, I think, four or five of them now. And it's an event for us. Yeah. And 2020 is happening. And one of the first things that gets canceled as far as sports goes beyond the NCAA basketball tournament is opening day. Mm. Yeah. And so it was the night before it would have been opening day and it had already been canceled. So we knew we weren't going, but I had to put my son to bed and he was, he was sad. And I go down to our basement and I've got a projector with a nice, fairly big screen, and I've got Ken Burns baseball on the screen while I'm just hitting putts on the carpet. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they show Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and talk about Lou Gehrig's streak. And I was amazed. I was like, wouldn't it have been something to see them in person? Mm. And so the next day, I get this idea. And the, the idea for the book is write a book where you and your son – who wanted to go to opening day, go to bed the night before opening day, just kind of crushed. And the next day you wake up and you're in a hotel room in New York City in 1925. And all you have is a change of clothes that fit the era, a few bucks and two tickets to the game. Wow. And so each chapter was us waking up at a different time and place, not knowing where we'd be. We've got to kind of do some investigating to find out what we need to do to, you know, what game is this? Why is this significant? Mm. And the first game I wrote about was Lou Gehrig's first start of his historic 21-30 or whatever games he played in in a row. And throughout time, we went to all these games. We woke up and we went to these games. I did research on what the ticket looked like. Um, One in Cleveland ended up being, they had a promotion where 
a kid could go to the game and that's not that unusual. We get there's straight A's, you know, the Reds give out straight A tickets to games to kids. But the crazy thing then was the kid had to enter into a gate by themselves. And this is 1941. The kid ends and enters in a gate by itself and parents can go in in this other gate and sit in a whole other section. If you think about like a nine or 10 year old. So I did all this research, but the one with Tony was the Cal Ripken breaking this Lou Gehrig streak. Mm-hmm. And my son and I walked into the ballpark and a few feet away from us as we're walking in is a harried Tony Kornheiser trying to get to the press box. <laughs> and uh, at the time, obviously, that was 1995. Uh, his show, Part of the Interruption, wasn't on yet. Yeah. He was obviously a Washington Post guy. But 2020 me knew who he was exactly, right? Mm-hmm. So I go up to him. And, and the funny thing, I said, Tony Kornheiser, I said. And then, and then I said, I listen to your podcast all the time. And, and Tony stops and says, what's a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and so we talk and then, you know, I make a point to say he's a little curmudgeonly or things like that. But, you know, it was a, it was just a fun little entrance to being able to put my feelings for Tony in there and, yeah. and have him be part of it. Nice. I haven't got it published yet. I actually I came fairly close. I talked to an editor and it, it turned out, you know, having never written a novel and never signed up for any classes on learning how to. A lot of the way I wrote the prose kind of was more conducive to newspaper writing, you know, mm. even even the uh, he said or she said or, you know, the way I was describing the person talking at the time. And, right. and so I need to go back. I've got notes on it. I need to go back and change some of that prose around and, and make it a little more novel-like. But at the time, it was more like, hey, if, even if nobody ever sees this except for at the time my, I believe, 10-year-old, I was like, I'd like to write something for him. And yeah. he ended up taking it to school the following year. Oh. And his English language arts teacher let him make it part of his catalog of what he had to read. So that was kind of cool. So it is finished? It's finished. It, oh, it would be okay. best described as um, not a children's book and not a young adult book. It's middle grade, I guess, uh-huh. is publishing. Okay. I have to ask, though, because I had this. I, when everyone talks about artistic, I, of course, have ideas. How did you finish it? That was tough. Because the next year in 2021 in in Ohio, in Cincinnati, they were only allowed to have like a quarter of the seats sold. And then the people had to be really far apart from each other, as you know. Uh-huh. And actually, I took my son to a game in late April or early May that year. And we sat, it was actually kind of nice. We sat with nobody around us yeah. and we had all the movement yeah. around us. We could, you know, wander around our aisle and things like that. But I didn't know at the time if we'd even get a go in 2021. And I believe I wrote it that we actually... After, I think, 16 or 17 chapters, we actually come back, we wake up back home, and either no time had passed at all. But I have a younger son that, you know, wasn't in the book. He was much younger at the time, and then my wife, of course. And we come back to my wife and our my other son and his my older son's brother, and, and we're back. But then I, I did kind of like a an afterward type thing where the next year, my grandfather and my two sons are at opening day, and it's a full stadium. Oh, and nice. we could be a part of that again. Okay. So. All right. That's, I like that. Fair that's enough. awesome. I had an idea that okay. I was, uh, no, I was just going to say, oh, it's already done. And that's great. I like your idea, actually. No, I was going to say, maybe the chapter before that. No, I, I was saying the way to end it, that might be a kind of crazy twist, is because I loved your idea of going back to all these popular games. Sure, you know? sure. Reggie Jackson's three home runs, whatever, you know. Then if you wake up one day at the end and you're in... 2035 oh okay okay just to see what's out there you know go futuristic to even to the point where you wake up next to your son who's now in his 20s and he says hey pop you ready to go to the ballpark and he's on one of the teams well maybe that's the sequel book you know what i mean like your son became a professional baseball player that would be amazing you know and you woke up and you know i don't know it's just something a little weird well you know 
Back to the Future 2 had the Cubs winning the World Series yes. in, I believe, 2015. They only missed it by a year. But yeah. they didn't. They didn't miss it. No, they won in 2016. I know. Do we remember 1994? Oh, uh, okay. The strike season. Ah. All right? All right. <laughs> you didn't you ever heard that? I saw that meme somewhere. Like, they actually had it right because there was okay, no baseball. the number of World Series that had taken place. Yes. They had it right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, they had the wrong year, right? Mm-hmm. The yeah. Reds were in first place when the strike hit, by the way. Uh, okay. <laughs> Good to know. But what a <laughs> noted. What an awesome project for you when things were shut down and you kind of made lemonade out of lemons. Yeah. It was. And it was a time when you could get access to a lot of people because they didn't have anything to do. Yeah. I ended up yeah. corresponding with a, a professor at the University of Pennsylvania who has written a book about Scheib Park there in Philadelphia. Mm. And you know, I never would have been able to reach him probably before. Yeah. But we corresponded back and forth about his book and about what it was like to be in Philadelphia. And, you know, I was trying to ask him how close things were and mm-hmm. how would people have gotten around. I tried to make That's it as authentic cool. as I could. And actually in that chapter, it's Ted Williams when he hit 400. Remember, he could have sat on the last day and yep. technically hit 400. Yep. But he goes out there and plays a doubleheader and hits 406 instead of 399.5 mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. But – the funny thing in my book was we came on in a taxi cab up from Independence Hall and the Liberty Bell and checking all that out. My son and I take a taxi cab to the game, and we ended up in a fender bender with Ted Williams. <laughs> and uh, here I am worried we've just changed history because he's going to go oh, out yeah. and try to play right. with a, a, uh-huh. a crick in his neck or whatever and, yeah. and maybe not do it. And, and of course, he, he ended up doing it. In fact, the professor at Penn tried to tell me I should change history. And I said, no, I'm not looking to do that. I'm just looking to yeah. be a part of these events, mm-hmm. you know, and, and make them what they were. So, Wow, that's fantastic. That's amazing. You got to get on. I mean, because you could I self-publish would love to read it, that. obviously. Uh-huh. But. Well, maybe some of the littles out there, maybe if you're yeah. in publishing, let me know. Yeah. No, that's a great idea. Yeah. Okay, Roxy, I don't even know if we're going to get to fun, dumb questions today because we've got another story. Yeah. Now, you told us about you were at a certain concert and you ran into a certain somebody. Can you go into that? Yeah, my encounter with a big. Uh, 2016 in January, Bruce Springsteen had his kind of revamp of the River Tour. And the first show was in Pittsburgh. And my cousin got us a pair of tickets. I just thought we were going to be on the floor. I didn't think much of it. We get over there. We have dinner with her friend who she went to college with. And it turns out one of the big wigs at Live Nation has a crush on my cousin's friend. And so we end up getting in the pit, which is usually like a lottery type system Mm -hmm. plus kind of people who've been around Bruce for years and years. And so while I'm in line, I tweet at Liz Clark and I don't think I heard much. I don't think I heard anything back right away, but then I'm standing in the pit kind of, you know, you jostle for where you're going to be during the show once it starts. And I look over to my left and there's this Liz Clark. I recognize her from the post from, you know, her profile picture, things like that. I go over and talk to her for about 10 minutes, had a great time. You know, we reminisced about kind of the show itself and her time on the show and the way Tony is and then I couldn't help it right away on the way home. I sent an email. It gets read on a Monday. And then on Tuesday, Liz is in studio and you know, Nigel brings it up and she says, oh, yes, the fabulous Seth, you know, as, you know and that's Liz. You know, certainly if you, you listen to the show over the years, she, you just said, oh, that's a Liz thing to do, too. Like, you know, right when Tony plays an intro song of Bruce or something like that, she'll just say, oh, and 
so when she said the fabulous Seth, my heart melted. It was great. Uh, it was awesome. That's uh, amazing. We have so to get her a, on the podcast. <laughs> that was a great thing. If she, you're still yeah. in touch with her, please. Let, I mean, she knows. She has an open invitation. We've emailed her, uh-huh. or sure. Littles have emailed her. She's just really busy, obviously. Oh yeah, so. absolutely. But even Tony's like, Tony's like, you got to do it. You got to. Yeah. yeah, I heard that recently. Yeah. yeah. So that was great. Oh, that's All right. so awesome. Well, listen, we have to get into a couple fun dumb questions before we let you go, real quick. Roxy, start us off. All right. What was your most embarrassing childhood memory? Okay. This is when I was, uh, having listened to some of your episodes, I was trying to prepare for this. I was in fourth grade and we had a day where we could go outside to play, but it was too muddy to be out in the grass. So we're only on the blacktop. A ball gets away. I go get it and I'm cornered. The other side of me is grass and mud and all this. And a girl in my class who I know when we were in sixth grade, she was already five foot nine. Wow. And so this is fourth grade. So she probably wasn't quite as tall yet. She corners me and demands that I give her the ball. And I'm scared. And I, <laughs> I basically reach out and I bite her arm. <gasps> what? And so I'm in fourth grade. You shouldn't be biting people in fourth no, grade. No, no. <laughs> so I bit her arm and I ran away. <laughs> and uh, I got in some trouble. And her dad actually came in the next day or two. And I was scared of him too, obviously. And he stood at the front of the class kind of just glaring at me. And I got like a little scared kind of, you know, sometimes as a little kid, one of your reactions might be to laugh or smirk. Yeah. And he goes, what do you think is so funny? And I thought the guy was going to come hit me. (laughs) But but yeah, it was very embarrassing as a fourth grader to bite someone. Wow. So your fight and flight. (laughs) There you go. Modes kicked in. Sometimes you have to fight to fly, I guess. I I thought he was going to be like, let me bite your arm. That's so funny. Wow. All right. You, I think you and Roxy could hang out, maybe. Yeah. She was a bully. I was. You might not know that. She was a big bully <laughs> back then. Only in kindergarten. All right. Let's, let's do so quick. Rapid fire. Coke or Pepsi? If you make it cherry Coke, I'll take Coke. Ooh. Okay. All right. Crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Smooth. All right. Uranus jokes. Not funny or oh. never not funny? Never not funny. Thank Excellent. you. Star Wars or Star Trek? I'll go Star Wars. Nice. Okay. And what's your favorite shape of French fry? If it's hot, waffle. Okay. What, Continue. If it's cold? Well, the waffle fry, because of all the air, it cools off faster. Okay. Okay. So once it's cold, I'm not as big a fan. Ah. Um, oh, I see. So, but if it's fresh and hot, I'll take that, especially even a, a, a sweet potato fry yep. in a waffle. Oh, okay. we forgot about sweet potato okay. last, when we did this last uh-huh. time. And then let's just, because these are newer ones, we like it. If you could shoot one condiment out of your finger, what would it be? <laughs> Chick-fil-A sauce. Nice. Ah, all right. All right. Well, Seth, I can't thank you enough for coming on to Meet the Littles. This has been fantastic. Is there anything we can plug for you? How can people reach out to you if they want to, if you want to be reached out to? Well, yeah, on Twitter, I'm at Shanerbaum, one word. And actually, I was hoping, I mentioned this new adventure I'm a part of, Clintonville Spotlight, Worthington Spotlight. Obviously, it's for local here in Columbus. But we are thinking of launching a podcast, and I'm trying to name it. And it has to have the word spotlight in it. Hmm. And so... My idea is to tell people stories uh, locally, mostly. So if anybody has an idea for a podcast name with the word spotlight in it, I'd love to get the, the mentions on Twitter at Shanerbaum. Okay, I'm going to start. How about the Shaner Spotlight? There you go. Well, yeah, that's one, but yeah. I'm sure we'll get many more. <laughs> yeah. We'll get many. I'm good at those. I like <laughs> finding titles, titles for things. Yeah. Well, you have my email address, so feel free to okay. awesome. make it a little more All right. personal. Great. All right. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Okay. Over or under? over all right i don't know why i get so excited about that <laughs> i mean uh, yeah. everyone loves toilet paper talk yeah absolutely all right would you chuck todd it do you know what that means 
Yeah, I think I would. If I was in a, a person's bathroom and I saw it under, I might. I think I'd flip it. Yeah. All right. Good. Okay. Good to know. Okay. All right. Interesting. Well, Seth, thank you so much again <laughs> for coming on to Meet the Littles. We really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, all you loyal listeners. We'll be right back. This is Eric Londigan, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Friday 5, Friday 5, oh, Friday, Friday 5, 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 Friday it's time for the Friday Five, Friday Five, oh Friday, Friday Five, the Friday Five, Friday Five, oh Friday, Friday Five, the Friday Five, Friday Five, oh Friday, Friday Five, the Friday Five. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And I thought we'd have a little mood music for this Friday Five. Yeah. How's that sound, guys? All right, Roxy, what's the first one? All right, this is by Sam Angel. Yeah. And number one, have you ever been to a championship game, any sport, any level, including any game, if it was a championship series? Bonus, did you ever participate in such a game? All right, Rich, you want to go first? Does Broadway show league count? Well, I was going to say, I'm not going to mention the uh, one that yes. just happened last <laughs> September. when, But... Um, <laughs> Well, actually, Rich, you told us a story off air. You should say the one you almost went to. I think that's a great story. Oh, yeah. So uh, we were talking earlier in the show about the Stanley Cup trophy. And I was mentioning that my son was born the day the Rangers won the Stanley Cup in 1994. So, in fact, had two tickets to that game, but didn't go. Now, uh, let's so... pause there. Littles, what would you have done? You have two <laughs> tickets to game seven. They're looking good. They're probably going to win, your but you didn't know that. And <laughs> do you do you miss your son's birth <laughs> or whatever? So did you know? Did you know it was going to be a boy? Did not know it was going to be a boy. Okay. And then the hilarity was he was born in the afternoon. And me being the lunatic sports fan that I am, I actually had a moment that I even articulated out loud, like, "Hey, I should bring him to the game tonight." <laughs> so like three hours Needless later, say, you're going to bring your son to the game. <laughs> Needless to say, the woman to whom I was related to by marriage was none too pleased about that. Yeah. <laughs> that might have been where it started, Ritz. I'm just going to say. I don't know anything about that. But anyway. Yes. All right, Roxy, what do you got? Well, I went to the American League Championship Series with my dad in 2018. You did. I saw the Red Sox at Fenway Park play the Astros. <laughs> nice. We won. Yeah. So that was It was cool. like, what, game two? I think it was game, think it was game two. two out of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. And we ended up winning. So excellent. That was now great. I actually haven't been to many. I mean, I have a lot of softball personal ones, mm -hmm. but I think I have a fun one. It's quite a while ago, but I was actually at the arena bowl super bowl one time. Oh, and this oh, is wow. back. Yeah. This is back when it was pretty, it was the Albany firebirds. Does anyone remember them? I don't think, I don't even think Albany has a team anymore. It was 1999, I believe, the summer of 1999. My sister actually was dating someone who had tickets. It was so much fun. Yeah. Littles, I don't cool. know if you've ever been to an arena football game, but it's all offense. It was crazy. It was awesome. Wow. But it's, you know, because it's a 50-yard, well, you know what arena football is. But yeah, Albany Firebirds, they were playing, I believe, the Orlando, I don't remember what they're called, 
So that was probably the most exciting one I've ever been to. So, cool. Yeah. All right. What's number two? Number two. Tony used to do the show live from Radio Row, which led to several great flying and subway sandwich stories. What is your most memorable work-related trip? You want to go first, Roxy? Yeah. I mean, I guess it would be going on tour with White Christmas. Yeah. You know, we were yeah. working, but we were on tour and we got to travel and see parts of the country that I had never been to before. I'll quickly do the same thing. I'll say mine would probably Tokyo then. Oh, when yeah. When I was over there with Brent. Yeah. We were um, uh, Osaka... Tokyo, and there was one other one I can't think of off the top of my head, but yeah, great cool. experience. Yeah. Cool. Ritz, what do you got? So as we've discussed in previous episodes, I've been very lucky and kind of tying into question number one. I've been to a bunch of Super Bowls. I've been to World Series. I've been to Olympics, on and on. Um, when I read this question, the first thing that came into my mind was I was on a business trip to Tucson, Arizona, some kind of like executive retreat with a bunch of clients. And a bunch of us decided we're going to take a drive down to Mexico. Nogales, Mexico is right across the border. Mm -hmm. And one of my clients didn't have his passport. He was actually a English British guy. And we were coming back to the United States after a night of carousing in Nogales, Mexico. And they said, you know, where's your passport? And he's like, I'm American, but of course couldn't disguise a very obvious British accent. Oh no. And my client got arrested. <gasps> <laughs> So I had to go back to our executive retreat and tell my boss, like, oh, so by the way, our client just got arrested in Nogales, Mexico. We've got to go bail him out. Oh, my gosh. What? Wow. So that, that was is definitely fun. memorable. I mean, did he, like, pull oh, yeah. a, do you know who I am? Or, like, just because he didn't I mean, have a he, passport? I, to the client's credit, I mean, that was part of it. We had to go back to his room and find his passport. Um, he didn't think it was going to be an issue because I guess he didn't quite understand we were going into another country. Right. But they're like, hey, you don't have any ID. We can't just let you into the United States. Yeah. Right. So. Wow. That was kind of fun. Wow. All right. Nice. Roxy, what's the next one? All right. Number three. What is your favorite commercial ever? Or barring a favorite, is there one that has stuck with you for a long time? It does not have to be a Super Bowl commercial. YouTube links encouraged. All right. Rich, you got one? Well, I see the word stuck, and the first thing that popped into my head was, I am stuck on Band-Aid brand because Band-Aid stuck on me. Right. Yes. Nice. Yes. Nice. So mine goes back to 2019, and it was the Charmin Ultra Strong commercial, and it was the family <laughs> of bears. Specific. It was the family of bears, <laughs> and the mom and dad are looking at this pair of underwear that's on the bathroom floor, and they're like, I'm not going to pick it up. You pick it up. I'm not going to pick it up. And then the kid comes in, and he's like, I'll pick it up because my honey's clean. Oh, yeah, I'm Charmin clean. All and right, I here just it is. love the <laughs> song. It's so cute. You mean this one? Because my honey's clean. Oh, yeah, I'm Charmin Queen, yeah? I'm squeaky clean. That's how I know they're clean. All right, number four. Whether it's slathered in barbecue sauce or cheese whiz, Kansas City and Philadelphia are known for their signature ways to serve up meat. What is your favorite meat-based dish? Or if you don't eat meat, what is your favorite condiment? Hmm. All right, and I'll do go. you want to shoot it out of your fingers? Yeah, right. Do you want to shoot it out of which <laughs> finger? Uh, inside information, this was a late change. This was an audible Okay. That Sam Angel pulled. Okay. I have inside information on that. So, but my favorite meat, ba it has nothing to do with Super Bowl. I, I yeah. sadly. Would you agree, Rock? I, mean, I feel like we should be playing the newlywed game on this mm -hmm. again. Meatloaf? Meatloaf's good. I love meatloaf. You love meatloaf. So is there something else that you can think of that you're like, how did you not say this? Steak? Yeah. I mean, I like steak, but yeah, it's true. That's meat too. But between steak and know, it's meatloaf. It's so funny when you said that. I was thinking like ground beef type of meat. Meat sauce. Yeah. Chili. All right. Is that yours? What's all yours? Of the, What's yours? All of the above. Okay. Yes. All of the above. <laughs> all 
All right, Ritz, what do you got? I'm not much of a meat eater, but I do like slow-cooked meatballs, mm. nice big pot of meatballs. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. Add that to my nice. list of all of the above. Yep. yep. All mm-hmm. right. What's next? Last one, right? Last one. We kind of already did this, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a cute one. Number five. I'll get you out of here on this. Who you got? Jamie Julian or Anita from Alaska? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, we kind of already did this. Sorry, Anita. I, I guess think, we're going with Jamie. I yeah. Guess. So maybe that means Anita will pull it out. Maybe. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But I was also thinking as a betting man, which I'm not really, but right. that's what I was thinking. Like I said, you're giving Mahomes a point and a half. Yeah. You know, it's just insane. I know he's kind of, he's been injured, stuff like that. But I mean, I like both Jamie and Anita, I think, equally. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm going to say if it's between the two of them, I like both of them. But if it's between Kansas City and the Eagles, I'll oh, go with Kansas City. Way to will bond that question. There you go, Now, I Chuck. guess we should, in all fairness, Ritz, did you have a change of heart when you heard it worded that way? No, but I have to say, seeing Jamie Julian with this uh, cutout of Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> I yes. love it. Uh, it's <laughs> reinforcing my pick. All right. Nice. Well, that'll do it for the Friday Five. Thank you, Sam Angel, for those. And before we get out of here, I just had a few quick couple other things. Uh, the first thing we wanted to do is just acknowledge the passing of Burt Baccarat. And I, we're not going to deep dive into this at all, just because if you haven't heard it yet, Tony does go into it on the big show yesterday. It's fantastic. He did a really good job. I mean, obviously, to us, being a Broadway, you know, promises, promises, mm-hmm. saw the revival. It was great. You know, Sean Hayes, Chris and Chenoweth. Yeah. It was a great show. And, you know, I mean, just the songs he wrote were just say a little prayer for me. You know, it's the, the list goes on and on. But promises, promises and say a little prayer from the show. Yeah. And then, of course, raindrops keep falling on my head, things yeah. like that. It's just uh, he will be missed. Uh, the other thing was I did want to say a quick thank you. We got a we should have done this in the opening, probably, Roxy. But Kate Phillips sent us a copy of her book. Yes. So don't forget about that, Littles. It's called Today I Feel. And it's mm-hmm. about their pug, right? Their pug mo. Yeah. So you can go to Amazon and get a copy of that. I'm sure there's other places you can go to. Unfortunately, you can't go to Aaron'sBooks.com. I already checked because <laughs> uh, it's independently published. Uh-huh. But you can go to Aaron'sBooks.com for other things yes. and use our code LLPOD yes. to get your 15% off. Don't forget to do that. So, but thank you, Kate Phillips. That was really sweet. So check that out. And then uh, lastly, I just wanted to say thank you to, well, Claire, cool Aunt Claire for inviting me. I, I wouldn't, I'm not even sure I would have known this was happening. But uh, Jody Avergan, uh, he used to do the 30 for 30 podcast. He was launching his new podcast called Good Sport. And uh, it looks like a lot of fun. I listened to the first episode. The first episode came out and Pablo Torre was there. Yeah. And that was great. And I totally threw Roxy under the bus. He did. We'll have to get to that <laughs> some other time. Well, you did say. <laughs> no, I, you're right. You didn't say anything dishonest. Right. So I mean, you said if it was Phil and Frank, you would have gone. I would have made more of an effort. Right. But. <laughs> but you weren't feeling well, so you didn't go anyway. But that's fine. Yeah, right. yeah. So that was fun. And so we just wanted to acknowledge those. And now just a few quick reminders. This coming Tuesday, Valentine's Day, don't forget to go and head over and see Neville Waters in his show, Worst Date Ever. Uh, It sounds like a lot of fun. It's at the Howard Theater in D.C. I'll put the link in the notes again just in case you want to head over there. I I hear it's selling well, Mm -hmm. and he's really excited about it, so make sure you do that. And just in case, the tiny little suggestion, got to do it today because if you want them there by Tuesday, you got to get them in the mail. Meadowlark Elementary, Garrett Thurlow, for his third grade class, send the Valentines over there. Yes. That'll be fun. We did ours. Yes. We're very excited. We hope they we enjoy them. We had fun them. making them. Yeah. We actually, I bought this kit where it was kind of, didn't think it was going to be as homemade as it was, but it was. <laughs> so they're all like homemade Valentines, but we, we had fun doing it. Absolutely. So it was fun. So, all right, Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. Go to our website, loyallittlespod.com. Everything is there.
Everything. Everything. Don't forget to check us out. Don't forget to give us a nice rate and review over on Apple and iTunes if that's where you choose to listen to your podcast. And of course, also thank you, Seth Shaner, for coming on to Meet the Littles. Some great stories there. Oh, yeah. Amazing. So, And of course, thank you, Ritz, for being here and mm-hmm. our special Super Bowl episode, I guess is what we're calling it. Yeah. So no, no oh, last... Absolutely. Everybody have fun watching on Sunday. So real quick, Ritz, yes, absolutely. But you know what we didn't talk about, and we did this last year, any fun prop bets that you saw? Oh. Like, let's do that. Like, we did that. I think we did that the last Gatorade year. Color. Gatorade. What do you got? We'll let Ritz go first. Uh, I said orange. Okay. What are you going to pick? Blue. All right, and I'll go red. It's probably going to be clear or something <laughs> stupid like that. I mean, hopefully it's at least like purple and we'll all be wrong. Yeah. But, all right, so those are always fun. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. So, all right, until next time, enjoy the game. Be safe, but enjoy the game. Hopefully it's a good game. Uh, just what Ritz said, you yeah. know, back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be great, like that Buffalo-Kansas City game in the playoffs last year. Mm. That was amazing. Yes. You know, right to the very yep. end. So, anyway. All right, thanks for listening to the Loyal Littles podcast. And remember, most important, if you need a stick for your grip. Go to stickgrip.com for a grip for your stick. Yeah, tomato, tomato. <laughs> All right, Ritz, if you need fog-free eyewear, where do you go? Fogfreeeyewear.com. Now, that's dedication right there. Yeah. All right, you know, if I had asked Tiny, Tiny Chuck, Chuck that, to, uh, and, and, and Simon had no idea. Take so. some notes here. Yeah, take some notes, you two. So. All I right. And I'm as in the minority as the third wheel who actually listens to the podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you are the only actual little, though, in all fairness. <laughs> and remember, most importantly, if you are out shopping online tonight, don't forget to use the code. My honey's clean. Bye. The yeah. Reds were in first place when the strike hit, by the way. There's a girl in Memphis. Thank you.
Girls podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Good. Oh, yeah.